Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. gentlemen it's commissioner cooper and it's time for tss fantasy yeah <laughs> oh little job oh, god <laughs> <laughs> let's start with our introductions welcome to the studio fred the jester reyes all right everybody it's getting close to that time we need to get these contests going football season a couple of weeks away doing that justice survivor pool 301 dollars in your pocket probably get it before the holidays and indeed, it wasn't your time to talk about that yet, but no worries. Nick, you got Flannery Macaronis. Welcome to the studio. Hey, thank you. Thank thank you for having me again as big as being a regular. Um, before uh, I announce what? my Twitter handle, uh, I want to say two shout outs. Num- number one, um, I want to say thank you to all of our wives out there who, who have to um, – deal with us and and supporting out our dreams of putting on this this show uh we couldn't do it without them because we all have wives we all have families and it it take, takes away but you know what they are supporting us and uh we're doing what we do uh number two happy birthday to my uh wonderful cousin and one of my best friends mr ryan Krep out there uh i almost forgot i did send you a message but happy birthday bro yeah, happy birthday, Mr. Krupp. We do, I do remember you from the, uh, Yo, the, the mock, mock draft. draft we did. So, yeah, we appreciate you. Happy birthday to you. He went with the safe pick of Joe Mixon. And, yeah, and yes, he did. I do, yeah, a memorable moment indeed on this, on this podcast. That's for sure. Absolutely. Um, also, I did want to mention that Nick is definitely trying to get Flander tonight, ladies and gentlemen. For real? Uh, oh, no, Mrs. Flander already went to bed. That's, I think, that's, I think, I that's think, not happening. I think you have now taken the crown of the ultimate brown noser. All right, let's also, we'd be remiss to mention, Greg, unfortunately, is not able to participate this evening. We wanted to say we do miss you, we do love you, and we are we sorry to hear about the death in the family, but we look forward to seeing you on our next program. We are the fantasy show of the people, and we do mean that. So as a reminder, you can interact with the crew. 
Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and of course, our website, tssfantasy.com. Sign up today for all our free contests. As the jester mentioned, time is running out. We need you to get signed up before we get started. Listen, we are the fantasy show of the people, but I don't mind keeping that money neither. I promise you that. Currently, we have the Commissioner Cooper's Top 10 Running Back Challenge. Send us your top 10 running backs before week one for your chance to win two tickets to see the Miami Dolphins versus the Jets in week 15. Now, Cooper, that is a great contest, but I even have an even better one. you got to join Flanders Contest. That's the Vision Coaching and Consulting Ultimate Team Challenge, where you send in your ultimate lineup, have PPR rules, and you can win my $300 for the best team at the end of the season. Check it out. Well, I jumped the gun so everybody knows about my survivor pool. <laughs> <laughs> you, already, you already killed it. You already killed it. Right. Quick draw McGraw over there. <laughs> Don't forget about Juice World's Pick'em Contest as well. That's also for $300, and, it, I mean, it's it's a football pool. I mean, it's fun. You pick teams, I mean, I, and it's free. So, I mean, your chance to win money, what are you doing? Don't waste time. Get on it today. As proud members of the Belly Up Podcast Network, you can now hear us every morning at 8 a.m. on the Unhinged Radio Network. Make TSS Fantasy part of your morning commute. Visit tssfantasy.com today to sign up. We are the fantasy show of the people tonight we're going to start with dr miller's house call and i know the poor guy's been waiting all night to get this done thank you so much for your patience and let's welcome in dr miller really happy to be here gentlemen (laughs) we're really happy to have you indeed (laughs) let's start right away with the huge news and injury in jacksonville Let's talk about Mr. Etney and his injury. Uh, well, he had the list Frank injury, which we haven't talked about before. So let's 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 hear about that one. So we could do a whole show just on Liz Frank injuries. You may have to interrupt me because I think I'm going to get rolling on this. <laughs> I want to start with a history lesson. So Liz Frank injuries are named for a Frenchman, and his name was Jacques Liz Frank de Saint Martin. And this guy was around during the Napoleonic Wars, and he identified this particular type of foot injury that occurred when soldiers would fall after dismounting their horses improperly. So if you're like me and you kind of wondered where this Liz Frank description came from, it's because naturally this guy named it after himself. (laughs) (laughs) Makes sense. (laughs) So let's talk about the anatomy and why this is so significant. If you think about your foot, you've got the heel of your foot and your hind foot. You've got seven tarsal bones making up that hind foot. And then your toes, the forefoot, you've got all your wiggly toes and you've got 14 different toe bones. And then in the middle, we've got our five metatarsal bones. So a whole lot of bones in the foot. The Liz Frank joint is comprised of four of those small tarsal bones. If anybody's studying anatomy right now, it's the three cuneiform bones as well as the cuboid. So those four little tarsal bones are cube-like. They're just like large dice. And they articulate or connect with the five main metatarsal bones of the feet. 
Okay, so we're talking about a fracture and or a ligamentous injury to that middle of the foot. Here's why it's so problematic. If you picture your foot like a bridge, the heel of your foot is one end of the bridge, the ball of your foot is the other end of the bridge. A Liz Frank fracture is a damage to the peak of the bridge, not a bridge you can drive over if the middle of it has been destroyed. So this is why it's so significant. Athletes who have sustained a Liz Frank fracture end up with an inability or a difficulty pushing off. And there's some interesting research in the NFL. We're seeing an increased incidence of Liz Frank fractures dating back to the early 2000s. And there's some hypothesized reasons right now. It may be due to a combination of player size and athleticism, turf conditions, and changing footwear. So that's a little bit of the history of Liz Frank and anatomy of the Liz Frank fracture. And so I want to highlight a little bit of research. And I started to post a couple of show notes, and I ended up with 30 pages worth of research articles. So instead of sharing (laughs) all of that, I ended up sharing none of it. Let me highlight it for you. Frank and colleagues in 2017 published an article in the Journal of Arthroscopic and Related Surgery, and they said, quote, Liz Frank injuries, particularly those requiring surgical intervention, may compromise an athlete's ability to perform at the professional level, as shown by a decrease in number of NFL games played compared to uninjured controls. Earlier return to play following Liz Frank injuries associated with an increased risk for residual Liz Frank joint displacement. Mm. A year later, one more article I want to highlight, Singh and colleagues published in the Orthopedics Journal, overall, quote, NFL players started fewer games two and three seasons following surgery. I'm going to say that again. NFL players started fewer games two and three seasons following surgery and showed a significant decline in performance Mm. one season after return compared with their pre-injury levels. So Travis Etienne may not just be in trouble for this season. He's he's not going to play a down this year. He may end up more likely to be on the bench the next couple of seasons. Now, I'm encouraged he'll get back on the field. The data is a little bit uh, mixed on this, but it seems to suggest that between 83 and 93% of players who do have a Liz Frank surgical procedure do return to action, but he may not be in his original form. Hmm. Wow. That's, that's a lot right there. And that's a lot to swallow for Jacksonville fans who, you know, uh, you know, it's a big question on why they went there with him when they already had Robinson there. Um, So it's interesting that they went there and then that happened. So, wow, that's, that's big. Um, all right, let's move on to Kansas City and Clyde's Edward Hilaire. Let's talk about his um, injury and what's going on with him. So I'm very guarded on CEH right now. So coach said he's got a, quote, slight sprain on the inside of his ankle. And then more recently, Coach Reed said he has a, quote, sore ankle. But the inside of the ankle, we haven't talked about medial ankle sprains yet. We've talked about lateral ankle sprains and high ankle sprains. But medial ankle sprains are, while not as concerning as the high ankle, also reason for concern. The medial aspect of the ankle, also called the deltoid ligament or the medial collateral ligaments of the ankle, are incredibly strong, which means the forces required to injure them are significant. 
So if CEH is dealing with a medial ankle sprain, there was a major stress or major trauma in order to create that sprain. I think the best case scenario, if it's a grade one, is that he's back for week three. If it's a grade two or worse, I think he's going to end up getting surgery. Now, let me give you the worst case scenario. This could be Michael Thomas all over again, right? Mm -hmm. Michael Thomas was trying to uh, allow the offseason rest to heal his ankle. And he ended up, after several months of unsuccessful conservative management, having ankle surgery in June to repair, in part, a torn deltoid ligament. So a worst-case scenario in Kansas City is that they go conservative for a few weeks and then realize that's not going to cut it. And he ends up having late September surgery to repair it. So mm. I, I'm a little concerned about drafting CEH. And, you know, between him and Etienne, this is why you wait until the last minute to draft your players. Because these guys would have gone high. And now I think I'm going to caution against drafting either one of them. And maybe mm. picking up CEH on the waiver wire if, in fact, his conservative management is successful. Mm. Wow, that's big. Yeah, that's big news right there. I, you know, I've been in, in a few drafts. No, you know, everyone's drafting um, Ceh still pretty high, second, third round. Uh, he's going. So yeah, that's big, big concern for folks uh, for upcoming drafts. Might be something to monitor as we go on forward. Doctor Mel, who else do you have on today's house call? So the other day, you guys talked about C.J. Utsma, the Bengals' tight end, and you beat him up a little bit. And, and I, I don't want to talk about his football <laughs> skills, but I would like to just highlight something. This guy's tough. So he tore his Achilles tendon last year during week two, had surgery in September. There's a video of him running on a treadmill four months later in January, and he was mm. medically cleared in April. So whether he's a good player or not is probably better described by the three of you. But what I can say is this guy's tough to get back on the field that quickly. So just wanted to give a little bit of respect to cj uzma cj uzma you heard it here first dr miller throwing you some respect where we were not doing (laughs) (laughs) at all last show so uh yeah we do appreciate that you have anyone else on the house call yeah one more a little bit more current adam trotman uh left the field monday night in a cart and so if anybody was watching that you were planning on drafting him right away those red flags go up But initial reports from Tuesday's MRI that the ankle injury is not serious. It's only expected to keep him out one to three weeks. However, he is still scheduled to see a foot specialist Thursday. So I'm going to withhold an opinion on what's going on there until after that specialist report. Yeah, there was some um, hype going into the season for him, especially, again, going back to Jameis Winston, if he's taking over um, quarterback position. Um, you know, so he's that's definitely something to monitor. He was somebody, you know, looking to stream could be a sleeper tight end. So um, definitely something to watch out for. Um, is that it for tonight? Dr. Miller, do you have anyone else? I apologize because I lost my notes. <laughs> and I've got some notes on a couple other players. You want to talk about your Joe Burrow, please? Oh, yeah. oh, yes. Let's please talk about Joe Burrows. Actually, that's that's a good one. So, you know, unlike Saquon Barkley, where I've had to backpedal consistently for two months, my uh, my feeling about Joe, Joe Burrow is unchanged. I quoted him a few months ago on the show saying he was optimistic and he was expecting to play the first snap of 2021. And um, right now it sounds like he's lobbying the Bengals coaching staff to allow him to suit up, not just for game one, but for the preseason finale against your dolphins. Yeah, actually uh, they just announced he is going to play. 
Wow. Okay. So I'm late to that news. That's wonderful for Joe Burrow. He's talking about how he's feeling a little bit more comfortable in the pocket. So I think one preseason game should definitely solidify his pocket comfort. Yeah, we're not going to make it too comfy at all, that I assure you. Uh, <laughs> Eddie, uh, anyone else on the, on the house call today? That's everybody for the house call today. You guys got me busy tonight. Yes, we do, and we appreciate you and the house call indeed. All right, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to continue the preseason preview for the Week 3 finale. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hey, if you've had a bladder leak today, listen up. I get it. I tried pills and pads for years but couldn't find relief until I found Axonics Therapy. It's a tiny device that put me back in control of my bladder. Why not see if it could work for you? Visit findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonics is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. All right, moving on to the preseason schedule, and let's start with a really, really, really interesting one, the Packers at the Bills. I mean, if this was regular season, this would be money. I mean, I'm looking, if I'm looking at potential Super Bowl, this could be it here. Excited to see Aaron Rodgers going against this Buffalo Bill defense. Obviously, Josh Allen and and company going against the Packers. And, and again, um, they're going to play a little longer this time. Remember, this is the final um, week of preseason. So we'll see the starters a little bit more in this one. Um, guys, any thoughts, Fred, on you on this particular matchup? Are, are they going to play the starters? Is Aaron Rodgers playing at all? Yeah, I believe. Like I said, I believe that all the starters are going to play. Like I said, a little bit longer, and we—it's basically the warm-up um, before the start of the season. Oh, then I'm definitely interested in the first two quarters. I, I would like to see how Aaron Rodgers look after all the off time, and um, <clears throat> and and I would like to see how the Bills look. I mean, this is a the great game. I mean, this is this is what you want to see right before the regular season starts. So yes, I would definitely be paying attention to this game. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is, like I said, this could be a potential Super Bowl preview. So definitely a game to watch out for. Nick, how about this one? Ravens at FT. Um, what are you excited to see in this matchup? Oh, the battle of the Mason-Dixon line. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think I think this will be a pretty good game. Like I said, if the starters play the, the first half, it's going to be a very interesting fir- first half. You know, we, we've been talking about the – the dynamic duo of uh, Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews. I want like, to see how they make up their their connection. And then, of course, you know, Fitzpatrick, he's always interesting. You know, you, you love to watch him play for, for as much as he does. And then I want to see uh, Gibson run the ball. And if you happen to be in that area and you got an extra $21 in your pocket, go to the game. <laughs> Tickets are as low as $21. 
Nick, are you really bringing the info on the ticket prices? Uh, we do. <laughs> we, I mean, if you're hey. in the area, he's got your price. I believe it. Hey, we are a show of the people. That <laughs> indeed <laughs> we are. All right, let's go on, Fred. What do you think about the Bears at the Titans? What do you think about this matchup and where Justin Fields is named the starter? You, in this you see matchup? this? So, so the, they're gonna hold out Andy Dalton and start Justin Fields. Probably, they, I think Nagy said he's gonna. Nagy said uh, probably about two quarters, and he's gonna um, start him with the uh, first team offense. If I was Nagy, I wouldn't do it because if Fields has a great game, all he's doing is causing more turmoil and the fans to call for Fields even more. But that's on him. That's what I want to see. I hope Fields has a great game and blows it out the water. Yeah, and again, going back, I know I keep going back to it, but again, giving you mad props. You called this way back when we first started that he's doing it. And again, it looks like he's continuing to screw things up. I completely agree. If Justin Fields goes out and has another great game, how does this, how is he going to justify starting Andy Dalton of all? I just don't. I just don't get it. I don't see it. I mean, you imagine the booze the minute Andy Dalton does anything wrong. I mean, he, absolutely. He, I mean, he could throw a perfect game, and at the last, you know, he could fart uh, at the line, and they'd start <laughs> booing. I think at this point, so. Um, yeah, it's really interesting to see that quarterback situation. So I'm really excited to see that game. Um, let's go, Nick. Let's go to the Bucks at the Texans. Anything interesting to see here? The Bucks at the, the beatdowns. I'm, I'm sorry, what now? I said, is there, is there anything <laughs> exciting that you're looking forward to in this matchup? Uh, well, you got the Texans. I mean, what's what's more exciting than that? Um, you, you know. <laughs> Uh, you, you you got Tom Brady. Uh, people in Houston should be excited to see uh, Tom Brady for a quarter, quarter and a half. Uh, they have they got the best team coming back. And again, um, Houston not really much looking forward to see. And again, if you're in the Houston area and you have an extra nine dollars burning in your pocket, <laughs> buy a ticket. Go to the game, support your local team because they need all the help they can get. Nine dollars. Wow. <laughs> Only nine dollars for the Texans matchup. Indeed. And Nick, I know you asked me what I was asking, just so you're aware. I know we've done the show a few times. I ask the same question every time. All right, Fred, your game, Cardinals at the Saints. What do you think Man. about this one? Regular season, this will be a great game. Um, I might, I might, I'm gonna be in New Orleans that weekend. I might go get paid a ten dollars and go watch me a ticket. That's <laughs> <laughs> Nick. He knows how. He'll know how. Much. There you go. Find out New how much it is. New tickets are five dollars, Freddie. <laughs> um, standout performance from Jameis Winston. Uh, nine of ten with the 120 or two touchdowns. Mm. I mean, he's seems like he's separating himself in the quarterback battle. Uh, this is a good time for Taysom Hill to show that. He can still play because I don't think Peyton has announced yet the actual starter. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to see how Taysom Hill responds this week and see what he does. Yeah, it was interesting to watch that game against the Jaguars and Taysom Hill's body language. Um, and I, I think I popped apologies. I don't know if we talked about this in Stock Up or Stock Down enough. Um, you know, he felt I could see him look like he was really trying to force the issue. 
Um, and, you know, because what a great game Winston had, and he expected to have the same type of performance. But, you know, sometimes game flow doesn't dictate that for you. Um, you know, he, they were calling plays that just the Jaguars knew what they were coming with. Um, and that's natural for any quarterback. You know, the, if Winston would have stayed in, he might have struggled in those sets as well. So, you know, unfortunately for Taysom Hill, it wasn't a good night. Doesn't mean he can't come back. But I, to be honest with you, Fred, I think Jameis Winston already won the role. Um, I think he's gonna, definitely going to be the starter. And I think uh, what Sean Payton's going to do is just utilize Taysom Hill um, like he used to in those gadget type plays. So that's what I expect to um, see going forward with New Orleans. And, you know, to be honest with you, um, you know, we've we, we talked about it. Jameis Winston's going to, you know, all day throw it down the field. Doesn't matter, you know, if, he, if it's interception or, or, or not. He's going to throw it down the field. Um, what That was what the old Jameis Winston. Um, however, maybe Sean Payton's gotten to his head. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you don't need to you don't need to be the guy. I think he made a He quote. It was quoted as saying that he doesn't have to be Batman anymore. Um, and that's true. He doesn't have to be in this offense. So. Maybe he's uh, maturing. Maybe he's listening um, because he knows Sean Payton can kind of take him to that next level, uh, which really could shoot um, Jameis Winston up your fantasy rankings as well. All right, let's go to uh, Nick. Let's ask about the Rams and Broncos. What do you think about this matchup? Rams and Broncos. Uh, I am interested to see, number one, how uh, Matt Stafford performs along you know, throwing the ball out to there to uh, to uh, Cooper Cup and to Robert Woods. And number two, I want to see how um, Teddy Bridgewater follows up his performance after being awarded the, the starter. And, you know, I love my Penn Staters. I love me some K.J. Hamler and some Deshaun Hamilton. So always looking to see those guys. Yeah, and, you know – yeah, and um, you know, I have to say too that you you mentioned Teddy Bridgewater going against what some consider, and a lot of people consider the number one defense in the league. Um, so it's going to be real interesting to see how he plays against them. Um, you know, they're they're not going to be a cupcake to roll over. Aaron Aaron Donald's going to be all over him for sure. All right, uh, Fred, let's finish up this one with the Chargers and Seahawks. What do you think about this matchup? This is the game where I lay on my couch, eat some food. <laughs> And just fall asleep. I mean, it's not <laughs> due to injuries. Yeah, just, you know what? You know, you start getting that uh, the 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 food coma. You start napping here and there. <laughs> look, look, not because of injuries, but Herbert's not playing. Keenan Allen's not playing. German German Derwin James not playing. Not because of injury, because of precautionary reasons. So if they're all gonna go hang out, chill, and sleep, I'm gonna sleep as well. <laughs> You know, I'm glad that you looked that up because honestly, like I didn't really I, I didn't really look into that and how much they're uh, each, you know, each team is going to play the starters. I would just assume it's the last preseason game, so they would play quite a bit. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they're going to manage um, that going forward. Um, but, you know, if they're not going to play that much. Um, we're not going to have much interest in week three, that's for sure. <laughs> but there are some there are some fun QB battles still to watch out. So, um, I, you know, and to be honest, I was a little surprised that they named Teddy Bridgewater starter already. So um, that's really interesting as well. All right, let's take a quick break, and we're going to start our deep dive into the NFC tight ends. All right, starting off our deep dive into the tight ends in the NFC. Let's go to the NFC East. Fred, we're going to start with the Giants. What do you got on the New York Giants? Confusion. (laughs) 
Evan Ingram was supposed to come out the shell and be something special. He was mediocre. Kyle Rudolph was always good. You signed up for two-year deal worth $14 million. Uh, I don't know how it works. You have a lot of wide receivers. You got your running back back. Who's going to get the ball at tight end? I stay away from both of them. Wait till the later rounds, like maybe 10 or 11, to grab up one of these guys. Um, I just don't see the value in fantasy in these two tight ends. But I do have them ranked number two. Uh, and with Evan Ingram at number 14, I just don't I, – I, I wouldn't put no stock in it. Nick, what do you think? Okay. You know, it's it's interesting that, that Freddie was, was saying that. And I just looked up uh, Evan Ingram's stats real quick. And it's interesting. He could be a value in PPR because – well, okay, I'm going to take, take that back. He has 63 – receptions on 109 targets so he is the most uh targeted receiver in the uh giants offense but uh, you know again uh only 63 receptions 654 for yards and and only one score and with that being said in in my standard leagues i have him ranked uh evan ingram i have him at rank number 16 and in ppr I have him ranked at number. Hold on, I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> Hold on, I'm not prepared. Gosh darn it! Cut it's me a break. okay. Galladay's back. Barkley's back. Bam! Do not draft for confidence. <laughs> right. No. 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 And I apo- I apologize. Oh, that's okay. That was uh, we were waiting for nothing. All right. So yeah, I agree. Um, I agree with uh, with you, Fred. Yeah, with Galladay there. Yes, you're correct, um, Nick. That was last year. He was targeted a lot. However, I don't see the targets coming back to him this year. Um, but, you know, still could be an interesting offense. We are, uh, excuse me, an interesting tight end in an offense that we all like. So I, I think it's somebody to at least watch for. He at least made my top 20. So he's number 20 for me. Dr. Miller, your percent to the bench for Evan Ingram. Nothing to contribute to this conversation. He's got a history of two concussions, a couple of ankle sprains. I do expect him to miss at least one game this season. Evan Ingram, 80% to the bench. 80%. That actually is a lot to this conversation. Yes. (laughs) Wow. Uh, All right. Let's move on to the Eagles. Fred, what you got on the Eagles? Okay, so... I said confusion about the Giants. I, I'm really confused here because I like Goder. I like Ertz. And if I'm the Eagles coaching staff, I'm going to utilize in the two tight end sense, which I know they do a lot. And Hurts is going to need that. I believe Goder's the starter. That's what I'm going to go with. I have him ranked number eight, uh, possibly seven. I'm thinking about moving him up one. Mm. Um, but and, and I do have Ertz at 19. So um, I got the, I got the Eagles tight ends number one in the division. So that's where we at. Nick, tell me something good about the Philly Delphi Eagles tight ends. Uh, I really wish I could. Um, they they uh, Goddard came in over overweight, but he seems to be going through that now. Um, best I'm going to give you right now, honestly, is I have Goddard at six. Uh, Ertz at 14. I do see him moving up in the rankings, but as of right now, that's where I have him because we don't know where this offense is going. 
Yeah, um, you know, usually when you have a rookie quarterback, um, you know, you love the tight end. Unfortunately, like you guys are mentioning it, and I'm surprised you have Goddard so high. I think that because of this situation and how, you know, unstable, I guess, if you will, it is, I can't rank any of these guys, either of them high. I have Ertz actually at 16 and Goddard at 17 because I think Ertz will end up being the guy um, once he gets over whatever it is that's going on. I mean, it's the most confusing situation I've ever seen. Um, but we don't know what the offense is going to look like since we don't know, you know, why are we ranking them high on, on, what, on what ground? So I don't have them either of them high. Um, however, an injury could certainly um, – uh, make this a better situation for someone. So percent to the bench on Zach Ertz, Dr. Miller. Another one I'm a little concerned with getting hurt. Another older tight end born in 1990. So we're going to go 70% of the bench for Zach Ertz. All right. Well, that might bring Goddard up. Absolutely. All right. Let's move on to FT. Fred, what you got on the football team? All right, so I had Gerdert seven. I have Logan Thomas six. I mean, seventy-two receptions, six hundred seventy yards, six touchdowns. I think it gets better this year. Um, I watched Fitzpatrick play many years. I know he flings the ball. He does play to the tight ends as well. I actually think it helps Logan Thomas this year. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Yeah. Um, uh, Nick, what, what are you, what's your thoughts? Uh, Logan Thomas is, is the man. Uh, I have him at ranked number eight. Yeah, I like Logan Thomas this year. Um, I have him seven, so we're all around the same um, ballpark. So that's like, you know, he's not that top-tier tight end, um, but he could be, a, you know, a low-end top-tier or, you know, impossible upside uh, with this offense in Fitzy. Um, so somebody definitely to look out for when you're looking for tight ends. Fred, let's move on to the Dallas Cowboys. What you got on this tight end situation? Uh, not much. Um, I don't. <laughs> you don't have him, I don't have him ranked in the, anywhere in my top twenty-five. So, I mean, Dalton Schultz. I think that's who's starting. Um, all their weapons are back. Everybody's healthy. I 
he's not Jason Witten. I just don't see him getting that many receptions with Cooper out there and um and CeeDee Lamb. So stay away. You could get a better tight end. You could save this guy as a flyer in the late rounds. Nick, what's your thoughts? Uh, Dalton, Dalton Schultz. Okay. Um, last year he had 615 yards for four TDs, but I believe I read somewhere that they're going to actually go with Blake Jarwin as their starter. I don't yes, know why. You, you did read that. Jarwin, yeah. Mm-hmm. Blake Jarwin is their starter, and uh, he's. He had a fantastic season last year where he had one catch for 12 yards. So uh, I don't know why they're going to go with him. Uh, well, well I'll, I'll tell you why. Because last, last year, Blake Jarwin, um, you know, there's a lot of hype, potential breakout. He had an injury early on in the season that prevented us from seeing what he could be in the offense. So that's basically what happened. Had an injury, um, unfortunately, and that's why you saw the numbers that you saw from him. So I actually have him right outside my top 20. I actually have Blake Jarwin number 22. If he's slated to be the starter in this offense, it only means good things for whoever the tight end is. Um, they're going to they're gonna have some games or they're going to benefit just on how good this offense is um, and Dak throwing the football down the field. So I do have Blake Jarwin number 22, someone you could possibly stream during the season. And we're going to take a quick break because Freddie won't stop rustling his papers and we'll be right back. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper and if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First and foremost, it's free. The easy to use creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. If we can do it, trust me, you can too. Download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, moving on to the NFC North, and we're going to start in Minnesota with the Minnesota Vikings with Herb Smith. Jr. There has been a lot of hype actually just recently on on Irv Smith. Now they was hyped for the past couple seasons, but Kyle Rudolph kind of you know put him to uh, put him in the in the in the number two type uh, tight end category in Minnesota. So he's been sitting behind um, sitting behind him for a bit. Now he's getting his opportunity and, you know, there's a lot of hype on him. You'll see, I've seen a lot of clips of his, um, he's doing a lot of one-handed catches in practice. Just looks really good. Um, a lot of people are high on him, uh, possibly in the low end tight end one conversation. And I do like that as well. I, I do see him, though, again, we talked about the big three in Tennessee. You do have a big three also in Minnesota with Jefferson, Thielen, and Cook. Um, so, again, there's going to be an issue with him seeing the, the ball in by the end zone. Uh, but I do like him as a potential breakout candidate this season. Um, Nick, your thoughts on Irv Smith? Okay. Uh, Irv, Irv Smith, last year, 365 yards, five, five TDs. Um, I think he's touchdown dependent. As, as far as that goes, because because we've talked about it many, many times before. I mean, you got one ball, and then you got to distribute it to Cook, Jefferson, and Thielen. Uh, I think Smith is going to be the odd man out. I think it's 10 yards and in for the majority of, of his uh, production, and I have him currently ranked at number 25. Brad, what are your thoughts? Uh, I got to disagree with Nick just a bit. I have him ranked 17th. I think 
in, in Minnesota is going to work for Irv Smith. Um, Rudolph had a great season with Thielen and Diggs. So I believe even with Jefferson and 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 um and Thielen there, I think they're gonna utilize him in the middle. They're saying that this is gonna be the year that he gets the piece of the Vikings passing pie. No Rudolph behind him. I think it's gonna be a really good year. I think he's a low end, low end tight end one. Piece of the pie, indeed. Dr. Miller percent to the bench for Irv Smith Jr. 35% to the bench. So, draft with somewhat caution. (laughs) All right. Going on to the Windy City, the Chicago Bears. Interesting situation here. You have Mr. Old Reliable Jimmy Graham, along with Cole Kemet, if I'm even saying that correctly. Um, Last time I checked, you know, Jimmy Graham is still there. He does every once in a while fill in with a touchdown or two. Uh, but I think, I believe M- Mr. Cole is going to be the starter eventually in Chicago. That's the word on the street. Um, so I have him ranked number 25. Got some hype on him during the season. If Justin Fields takes over as well, again, when you talk about rookies, you talk about tight ends. I like that situation. If Justin Fields becomes a starter, that could be a potential sleeper candidate for you. But Jimmy Graham, I would not even consider, to be quite frank with you. Um, Nick, your thoughts on the Bears tight end situation? Yeah, again, uh, Jimmy Graham is touchdown dependent. Uh, he had eight touchdowns last season. But I think they, they're they pushing him out. They uh, they want Cole Komet out of, out, of, out of Notre Dame to be the guy. And uh, Cole Komet, I have him ranked – at number 26, and I also have uh, Jesse James. They they brought him in from uh, Detroit. I saw him a lot during the preseason, and I have him ranked at number 32. Mm, that's interesting. Uh, Fred, your thoughts? Worst, worst tight ends in the division. They're ranked four. Um, <clears throat> they're trying to push Jimmy Graham out um, and have commit start, but the problem is he couldn't beat out Graham last year. So there's no, there's nothing special here. Stay away. Don't do not do anything with the Bears tight ends. Uh, that's a good point. But Jimmy Graham is a year older too, so I think we got to consider that also. All right, let's go to the Detroit Lions, and we can't really go to them too much. But in this particular category, the Detroit Lions got something to talk about. T.J. Hawkinson. Um, Hawkinson is incredibly talented. I mean, absolutely. He's, I mean, there's a case to be made. He can lead this Lions offense in targets, right? I mean, we've talked about that. Tyrell Williams, Bashard Perryman, um, you know, who else is going to step up? Obviously, it's going to be Hawkinson. I made the comparison to Andrews before. Um, he's going to see a lot of targets because of the receiver situation. It's the same thing here. Unfortunately, though, it's not Lamar Jackson throwing him the football. We do have Jared Goff there, and we're not quite sure how this offense is going to look. So I have, I do like TJ Hawkinson in my top 10. I have him number eight for the obvious reasons I mentioned with the receivers not there. He'll be a target. Um, so in PPR, I do like him. And standard, however, I'm not so high on him. I think, you know, Nick, you've hit on touchdown dependent. I think that's something TJ Hawkinson is in standard leagues. Nick, what's your thoughts on uh, TJ Hawkinson? Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. Uh, Dr. Miller, you, you're still with us, correct? I am still with us, yes. Okay. Uh, well, 
as you guys are speaking, I'm doing some extra bit of research, and I happened to go on ESPN. This just broke one hour ago. Oh, Coach Dan Campbell revealed Tuesday that Hawkinson is dealing with an AC joint issue in his shoulder, and he's now questionable. Mm. Breaking so, news. Breaking. So, before that information, I <laughs> I had him ranked at number six because of his production last season, over 700 yards and six TDs. But as um, as Dr. Miller always refers to, an 18th joint is lingering. So I will let him, I will defer to him, and I'll let him lead with that if he's ready to. Yeah, let, let's talk about that if you don't mind me interrupting. And Go ahead. No. Turn here. So – the severity or the grade of the AC joint sprain is going to determine how quickly he's able to return. And I think we've talked about this briefly. There's a few different ways to grade AC sprains, but the most simple, a grade one would be a mild non-surgical sprain or increase in movement of that acromioclavicular or AC joint. If it is just a grade one, we're looking at three weeks, maybe four weeks, no surgery, return to play. If it's a grade two or worse and it requires surgical intervention, now we're looking at up to eight weeks, potentially more, depending on the severity. So this news, I think, changes the game. I I think we pick him up on the waiver wire, um, and I say do not draft TJ Hawkinson. I think he's 100% start the season on the bench if this information is correct. (laughs) (laughs) It is breaking here on TSS Fantasy. Stay away from TJ Hawkinson. Definitely going to put this on the ad for next week for sure. (laughs) Thank you for bringing that current news to us. No problem. Then their second Titan is Darren Fells. All right. Hey, I've heard that we've heard that name before. I believe he's been in uh, Houston. Houston. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, we've heard that name a few times. So. Somebody definitely, if you are, if you've already drafted TJ Hawkinson, you might want to consider picking up Darren Fells because you might be in trouble. All right, let's go on to Green Bay and Robert Tunyon. I mean, this guy is really interesting indeed. I mean, every single year there's a player or two, they come out of nowhere to be a, a viable fantasy option. I mean, how many times does that happen? Some tight end you haven't heard about, and here they come. Well, last year, I mean, Thomas was the waiver, waiver wire pickup of the year of the tight end position. Um, he, w- he went on a tear. He finished the last season um, and ended up uh, tight end six in all of uh, fantasy. So definitely, <clears throat> definitely somebody to, to, look, out, to look out for um, this season with Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, poised to have a great season this year. You know, he wants to show up for management who the boss is. So Robert Tunyon's got big upside um, in this offense because, you know, again, this is what Aaron Rodgers was upset about. It's Devontae Adams. I mean, yeah, you got Randall Cobb over. I mean, but, you know, Marquez Scantley, um, you know, he likes um, Big Bob, as he calls him. So he likes Robert Tunyon. Uh, I expect to see some targets his way this year. You know, he could be the guy. Um, that everyone's sleeping on that uh, really could be a top five guy this year. Nick, <clears throat> what are your thoughts on Robert Tunyon? Oh, like I said, uh, he was he was nowhere to be found with the first six to eight weeks of the se- season, and then and then he had that one one nighter, and then and then he and then he was uh, going like hotcakes. Uh, so he had eleven touchdowns last year in, in over five hundred yards, close to six, and I have him ranked number tenth. 
Uh, Fred, what are your thoughts? <clears throat> I, I before Aaron Rodgers came back, I had him twenty one. Just like Nick, I moved him all the way up to ten. Uh, when you have a superstar all, when you have a superstar quarterback, he makes everybody better, and he definitely made Tunyon better. Definitely top ten. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. He's a top ten guy, and again, big upside for Tunyon this season. Let's take a quick. I got to interrupt, Jason. I got a yeah. question here. Did Please. anybody else think about Robert Paulson when you started talking about Big Bob? Or am I the only one with that Fight Club reference? I thought his name was Robert Paulson. <laughs> Honestly, I, I don't. That's not. That's not. No. Me, man. Okay. I, I, <laughs> never mind. I'll, I'll stay in my lane next time. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we appreciate it. We appreciate stick it. to the percentages of the benches. <laughs> wow. All right, let's take a quick break. After that, or take a quick break. We'll come right back with the NFC South. All right, moving right along to the NFC South, let's go with the New Orleans Saints. Dr. Miller, you brought Adam Trotman up a little bit a while ago. So, you know, this going, my analysis was going off based off of him not being injured and available. So I thought this could be a sleeper tight end in this offense if he's readily available. Um, Whomever the backup is, too, could be available, too. Um, I do like him as possible streaming option. If Jameis Winston, again, is given the the pill to throw down the field all season, it's only going to benefit the tight end in New Orleans um, if Adam Trotman does not end up being the guy and being up injured. Um, so, Nick, your thoughts on Trotman? Oh, okay. Well, I also have some more breaking news, believe, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so let me – so let's go with uh, Trotman first. Okay, so – I have him currently, Adam Troutman. Um, I have him down at the bottom. I have him ranked at num- number 23. Um, again, that was that was before the injury. And then I looked up their depth chart, and their backup is Nick Vanette. And then as of 12 hours ago, uh, Vanette is now expected to miss two to four weeks with a knee injury, uh, courtesy of Jeremy Fowler of ESPN.com. Okay. So then their third tight end is Jawan Johnson. All right, Jawan, we might be seeing you soon. Who knows? That's for sure. <laughs> Injuries are starting to take place in the tight end position. Fred, you got anything on the Saints tight end position? Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a uh, I guess Chapman is dropping out my top 25, so uh, <laughs> keep it moving. <laughs> well, Dr. Miller, we appreciate you uh, giving us information on Chapman earlier. Uh, yeah, he was somebody that, you know, again, could have been a sleeper for somebody. So, uh, yeah, again, stay now. tuned. He's going to see a specialist on Thursday, and there might be something to update next show. Absolutely. All right, we'll keep an eye out on that. Let's go on to the Carolina Panthers. Um, you know, here we have Dan Arnold. All right. Now, uh, Dan Arnold, he's impressed uh, with his opportunities <laughs> last year. He played in. Okay. You, you okay, Fred? Just make sure you're okay. Um, How can you hear me? 
<laughs> what am I making? I, I'm not sure. We can hear you loud and clear, though. Um, Captain so, Coughlin. All right. Well, all right. So, yeah. So, anyway, with Dan Arnold <laughs> to a decent um, uh, a tight end last year, while Panthers obviously need a tight end, um, he could step right into the ma- as the main option. Um, I have him at 28. We don't know much about this offense, however. However, how can you deny the Darnold to Arnold connection? I mean, it just rhymes. It's something <laughs> fun to – fun to talk about all season so um i'm hoping i'm actually hoping dan arnold works out because it's just going to be fun to talk about um fred we'll go to you on this one any thoughts on the darnold to arnold connection i actually think arnold's going to be okay i think i I don't have him super high but i do have him around 23 um he he took you know he had a little breakout I, i think darnold's gonna need to utilize his running back and tight end um, so I'll move them up to 23. Nothing too spectacular, just mediocre. Any thoughts, Nick? Uh, no. Uh, as of right now, I have him out of my top 32. But looking at his numbers, uh, I could move. I could move him up. Um, but nothing spectacular right now. All right. And all I have to contribute to that is I hope Freddie is wearing a mask. All right. Let's go on to Atlanta in the Dirty South and Kyle Pitts. Now, I am a little higher than most pundits, if you will. I have him at number three. I think, you know, oh, wow. you got Kyle Pitts as the essential number two receiver in Atlanta with Matt Ryan, who is mighty consistent. 4,000 yards. He's got an extra game this year. Consistently throws the pill down the field. Hey, let's not forget what he did with Tony Gonzalez. Matt Ryan used the hell out of Tony Gonzalez in his latter part of the year. Uh, latter part of his, uh, excuse me, his career. So I would definitely, I definitely have Kyle Pitts ranked really high. I think he's going to do really well. Um, and, and he's young. So, you know, again, I don't have much injury history on him. I see him doing really, really well in this offense. I have him high at number three. Fred, let's go to you. What do you think about Pitts? Um, <clears throat> Pitts. I have him ranked number five, so it's high, just not as high as you. Um, I, I, I think him being with Matt Ryan is going to really help his career, especially if, if it's the first year or two. Um, I think Matt Ryan feeds him the ball. I mean, I know they have Ridley out there. Um, I'm, I don't believe in uh, who's the star, who's the running back, Mike Davis. So Kyle Pitts should definitely have a big year. I would definitely draft him probably by the fourth round. Nick, any thoughts? Yeah, um, I agree with Fred. You know, uh, we finally get to talk about a Florida Gator. You know, it's great to be a Florida Gator. Um, I have him ranked at number five. Uh, I think he's going to see the second most targets uh, in that Atlanta offense. And you draft him with as much confidence as as you would Mark Andrews, George Kittle, or Darren Waller. Dr. Miller, I know there's not a lot of percent here, but I want to give you some airtime on Kyle Pitts. What's your percent to the bench on Kyle Pitts? We'll get to the percent of the bench, but this is the opportunity I've been waiting three months for to talk about <laughs> Kyle Pitts. <laughs> there is a reason this tight end went number four in the draft. Watching him play in college, I can say that linebackers are not fast enough to keep up with him. Defensive backs aren't big enough to defend him. This guy is a matchup nightmare and is going to be a monster. This is my number one tight end, and I know that my ranking 
don't come up on the show and they're not really important to anybody, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> number one tight end. His injury history is very limited. He got one good blow to the head in college, had a concussion, missed a game. That notwithstanding, he is durable. He's strong. He's fast. He can catch the ball. Big hands. Fast route runner. Percent to the bench. 5%. Number one tight end, Kyle Pitts. Dr. Miller, I'm here to inform you our rankings mean nothing to anyone either. So don't <laughs> <worry>. <laughs> All right, going to Tampa, our local product in Gronkowski. Listen, I can't, there's, I can sit here and go, you know, all night on people. There's, you know, you, we've seen Gronk. We know what he does. Uh, we know what he is. We know it's with Brady. Um, my whole thing with him is what his conditioning is, what how he's keeping himself healthy during the offseason. That'd be my only thing on Gronk. As long as he comes back healthy, uh, top 15 guy for sure. Fred, thoughts on Gronk? Gronk got Gronk at 11. Um, <clears throat> it's Gronk. He's been with Brady for years. You're not going to get a better combination. Um, it, it's just sad how some – some teams don't have a tight end, and then these guys got Gronkowski, OJ Howard, and Cameron Bray. So they, they have a they have too many tight ends. So uh, yeah, Gronkowski eleven definitely pick him up. I can wait to about seventh and eighth round, but he's still be a good value in the mid rounds. Nick, your thoughts? <clears throat> yeah, Gronk uh, a little over six hundred yards uh, last year, seven TDs. He said when he came in, he was out of shape and he was playing like I quote poop, uh, and then he picked it up the second half and. One one uh, Super Bowl. I have him ranked now right now at number fourteen. All righty, heard that. Now again, talking about you know keeping himself healthy. Percent to the bench for Gronk, Doctor Miller. I don't see a reasonable way to expect him to play every game this season. I, I think it's almost a guarantee. Gronk spends some time on the bench. He's going to be able to play and ready to play when it matters. But during the regular season, he's going to be 90% of the bench at missing at least wow. one game. Wow. And can cuff O.J. Howard, indeed. All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back with the NFC West. Moving on to the NFC West. All right, let's start with probably the, well, the second best of the bunch, I should say, and Tyler Higby um, and, and the Rams. Nick, your thoughts on the Rams? Okay, uh, this is supposed to be Tyler Higby's year because they uh, jettisoned Gerald Everett to the Seahawks. So right now, this is this is his show. This is the Tyler show. Uh, I have him second in the division. Last year, he had one one really big game against, and that was against Philadelphia in the in the first week of the season. Uh, he had five TDs, five hundred twenty-one yards. A couple. So with that, I have him twelfth in standard. 13 PPR, and last year he scored 84 fantasy points. Fred, your thoughts on Higby? <clears throat> I like Higby. I have him ranked 15th. I believe he's going to consistently move up a little bit with Stafford there. Um, the job is his. I think it's his time to shine. Yeah, um, you know, I got him in my top 10. Um, we've had, you know, he's had, you know, again, a lot of – he's had some hype before, and he's had his time where he's had some really good games. So we've talked about consistency. You know, he's a guy that, you know, ha is he that consistent? No, but he's somebody that has had good spots in the past. So I do see him, again, being the number one guy with Matt Stafford, who likes to utilize the tight end. I think, I think he's up for a good season this year. Um, and somebody, again, uh, I would put in a low-end uh, 
uh, excuse me, tier one tight end possibility to move up as well if Matt Stafford takes off. Let's move now to the Arizona Cardinals. Nick, do you have anything on the tight end situation in Arizona? Oh, my gosh. Uh, (laughs) Their tight end is Max Williams, and I don't know who he was. Uh, He's unranked, and last year, last year, he played nine games, had eight catches for 102 yards and one touchdown for 16 fantasy points. So, yeah, you go with that. (laughs) Fred, anything on this one? Not really. There's too much to talk about. Max Williams will not be drafted, not be picked up all season in fantasy. Yeah, I don't want to waste anyone's time here. And this is just, I mean, there's nothing to talk about here, to be quite honest. I mean, the Arizona Cardinals are a great offense. Um, However, a tight end um, is not something they utilize in it. Let's move on westward and go to the 49ers and the best of the bunch in this division, George Kittle. Nick, what you got on George? Yeah, uh, this is the best of the bunch. I would equate this tight end division to the uh, AFC South. Nothing really to speak of here. Um, George Kittle in 2018 and 2019, he had over 1,000 yards in his <sighs> And he he's played four seasons. Those were his best years. He had he had uh, uh, eighty five plus catches. Um, he is he's honestly touchdown dependent. Um, he, I'm sorry, he's not touchdown de- dependent when it comes to the end zone. He he's really I'm sorry, it's dude, it's late. Um, he's he gets more of his yards in the open field, not in the uh, end zone. Last year he had he only played in eight games. He only had two scores. I'm I'm fearing for him. He's where he's ranked because of name. Uh, he is his talents are eroding because of his of his injury history, and we'll let the doc take the lead on that one. But uh, I have him ranked number one in the division, three standard, and two PPR. Fred, thoughts on Kittle? Agree. I have one in the division and actually three standard. I think Kittle is going to be better this year. To be honest with you. Um, I think the 49ers have to go to him. I think whether it be Garoppolo, but especially uh, uh, Trey Lance. I mean, to have a great tight end as your as your uh, your your comfort blanket. I mean, what else can you ask for? Go to Kittle and go often. Yeah, I get asked this a lot on Kittle because I have him number five, and I'm not high on him at all. We, you know, I told you if we talked about him before when we talked about our bust. For me, standard wise, he could be possibly a bust only because of where he's drafted and where people are coveting him at. Um, you know, again, not getting in the end zone and not staying healthy. Um, is not something that you want in your tight end in a standard league. PPR, however, um, you know, he's he's a monster in PPR. I do like him, number one, actually, overall in PPR uh, because he's going to see mm. a plethora of targets. Um, but, again, in standard, I do not like him as much at all. Dr. Miller, percent to the bench for George Kittle. Yeah, Nick's cited that he missed some games last season. But if you look over the course of his career, he's only played in 53 of 64 possible games. So just looking at the data, there's no reason to expect him to play a complete season. Like Gronk, he's going to be 90% of the bench. Ooh, big one there. 
All right, let's finish it up in St. Louis. Nick, what you got on the – or excuse me, not St. Louis. I'm Seattle. sorry, Seattle. My bad. I think Everett used to play for uh, St. Louis. Or, or yep. excuse me, L.A. Jeez, I'm all over the place. And, Nick, by the way, it's not late. We're on at 8 a.m. It's early in the morning. Remember, you just woke up. So play along here. All right, what are oh, your I'm thoughts? sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What are your thoughts on the Seattle Seahawks tight end position? Okay, uh, Seattle Seahawks tight ends. Right now, uh, their starter is Gerald Everett. I just saw on another website that Luke Wilson retired. Uh, he's, he signed a contract yesterday and then retired today. So right now, they have Luke Wilson and Will Disley. Uh, but we'll focus on uh, Gerald Everett. Um, last year, he didn't do much. He had one, one touchdown because he was in L.A. and he was splitting time with uh, Tyler Higby. So he only had 62 targets, only 417 yards. But because of the division that, that he's in, I have him ranked the number three tight end, uh, 19 people. PPR and number 21 standard. Fred, anything on Everett? 23, I have him ranked. <clears throat> um, I think he's actually going to move up gradually throughout the season. I think with Russell Wilson throwing the ball to him and him giving his time to shine, I actually think by the end of the season, he'll be ranked 12. I think he's going to be a late-round flyer with potential upside. I got him right outside the top 20. I don't agree, however. I think there's just, you know, when he's in one of those situations where there's just – too many um, mouths to feed uh, where you have Tyler Lockett, you got DK Metcalf, Chris Carson. I mean, there's just a lot of weapons in Seattle that need to see the ball. I don't see Gerald Everett really breaking the mold there um, in Seattle. All right, TSS family, we appreciate you. Don't forget, you can catch all the fun at tssfantasy.com or you can interact with us on social media, on all social media platforms. If uh, listening to us on Unhinged Radio, we're part of the Belly Up Podcast Network. Please listen to the rest of the show. Rest of the show is on our network. It's a 24-7. We have racing. We got hockey. We basically can cover it all for you. Please check this all out. It's great, uh, great radio station to be a part of. We appreciate you all, and we are out. Do, do, do. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 